Again, it could be the exact same process that all your competitors are using, but your competitors aren't pointing it out to you. Your competitors aren't pointing it out to the shopper. The shopper is going to see that as you're doing something different. I'm willing to spend an extra $10 on your product because obviously you take better care of me before I even have the product. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host. I'm Joe Shallerud from Ad Advance. And today, I'm really excited to welcome Brian R. Johnson to the podcast. Uh, Brian, I'm sure a lot of our guests are familiar with you, but for those who aren't, maybe can you give a quick background and kind of your experience in the Amazon world? The, the 22nd version? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so I've been, uh, thank you first and foremost for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. So um, the uh, the one thing I will say is like, I always love like jumping on calls, like uh, panel calls with you and Clubhouse and, you know, some of these and and uh, you're always you always come in and you're just cheery and you got energy and i love that so um glad <laughs> to be here it. so um yeah so so brian johnson who who am i in the amazon space um so i've been in e-commerce for about 14 years um i actually had like a corporate tech background for about 20 years um but then was in the e-commerce space for about 14 years and in the amazon space for the last six about six years uh, most of that has been focused in on Amazon advertising. That's probably what I'm most known for, um, creating uh, community and software and course and agency and you know whatever else that goes along with that. Um, and then this year, I've been on the rampage when it comes to conversion rate optimization and talking, you know, actually speaking to the target audience and basically doing the opposite of what your competition is doing. So that's uh, that's my story. I'm gonna stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and overall, I've been following Brian for quite some time too, and he's definitely a leader in the space. So at the end, we'll get through, we'll, we'll go through some different ways that you can follow the great content that Brian's putting out too. Um, but yeah, for this episode, what we really wanted to focus on is conversion rate and how do you optimize your product, your listing to maximize your conversion rate. And the key reason we want to focus on this is that with Amazon advertising, you can have the best advertising strategy in the world, but if your product is not converting well, your ad stats are not going to look good. And so Brian's got some awesome Very insights true. that we can walk through on, you know, really, how do you make your product stand out? How do you make it convert well when somebody clicks? How do they turn into a buyer? So Brian, maybe, maybe help enlighten us on like, you know, some key things that, that you definitely look at and some key focus areas that sellers should take into account. Right. Well, I mean, I guess one of the things we can certainly step back on is um, just as far as like why, you know, why do we even need to be spending any time doing things like listing optimization? Most of you already have, you know, a listing created, right? So, so why, why make a change now? Um, one of the things that we certainly see in the industry, certainly with advertising, is a lot of the, the profitability that we get, the sales growth and the profitability and the success of Amazon advertising, both native and DSP has a lot to do with how well your product converts. Um, and a lot of times you can have an influence, you can increase the conversion rate that you have on your product products, product line, um, if you just take a little bit more time in order to really focus in on who, which audience you're talking to and actually start speaking to them. Most uh, brands and, and uh, product sellers on Amazon, they're using uh, outdated methodology or they simply kind of took the shortcuts of, you know what, I just used the template that somebody else taught me and that's what I've been using for the past five years. Uh, unfortunately, 
a lot of your competition has been following that same kind of rhythm, that same pattern, that same template. And a lot of Amazon looks the same. It's not because Amazon requires it, because that's where a lot of the teaching has been over the past uh, few years. Uh, the nice thing about that, though, is that's easy. That presents a huge opportunity to uh, to increase your conversion rate of your product, which of course is going to make your advertising a lot more profitable. And you're gonna you can be a lot more aggressive in your advertising because it is profitable. You're gonna basically raise your your break-even uh, profitability point so you can get more aggressive in other areas that maybe you abandoned in the past. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful on the conversion rate standpoint. And we can we can dig into some of those specifics, but and just tying it back to the advertising too, like one, one key piece to keep in mind is that say if Brian starts with a listing and it converts at 10% and he's able to make a lot of changes and increase the conversion rate to 20%, which would be a huge jump, but we'll just keep the numbers around. Like yep. tying it back to the advertising, like you just naturally decreased your ACOS by half. And that means that you can get much more aggressive with your advertising too. So you're not only converting more people with your advertising, but that helps organic rank. So your organic rank goes up. Now you build up sales velocity. It just really helps to spin the flywheel overall. And everything ties back to that conversion rate. So yep. Brian, what, what's some key things that you, you see or that we should do that goes against the grain for what we've been told or how we typically optimize listings. Right, how do we violate all the rules that we know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, think of it, um, it's probably, I mean, somebody could obviously outline this probably more eloquently than I could as far as, you know, the sales funnel, um, the, the, the customer journey, these kinds of things. But here's kind of the way that I lay it out. First, the first priority that you've got is you've got to have uh, enough relevance in your product listing in order for Amazon to want to show your product listing either in organic search or show your ads. It has to be uh, the terminology that you're using in your content of your listing, in your ads, has got to all be relevant to the audience that you're trying to actually target and that you want to, to, to purchase your product. So the first challenge, of course, that you've got to overcome is just getting Amazon to show your ad or show your product listing in the results. Second on that is now that they're sitting in the results along with, you know, 30 others or 30,000 others, um, you've got to actually grab the attention of the, the shopper. Now, the way that we do that is the, we're humans are very visual. And so we tend to uh, what attracts our eye, especially in this kind of a list format like search results are on Amazon uh, or on a mobile phone. You know, if you're just kind of scrolling up, what's going to catch your attention is typically going to be a photo the image, the main image that you have for your product listing. And Amazon, of course, has certain rules that says, okay, you've got to have your image in there and you can't have a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Um, you can't have, uh, you know, text and graphics and you've got to be on a white background. And, and every one of us sees examples of where somebody violates this rule and they get away with it for a long period of time, right? Sure, that's sure. unfortunately, that's just Amazon, right? It's not, it's never going to be a fair playing field, but if you keep at it, and obviously you're going to uh, you're going to win out in the end. Uh, but the way that we want to try to attract the attention, we've actually done studies on this um, where. Uh, and I can get into details later if you're really interested in that. But uh, yeah. we've done studies on that where we find find that the, the top there's about 15 different things that can typically grab people's attention about a main image. Right. And that goes 
that's just on the main image, right? Not even you know, talking about the title or bullet points or videos or anything, just the main image. And one of the things that we saw that uh, we found interesting that stood out quite a bit is uh, most of the time, uh, a bright red or a bright blue color caught the attention of shopper. Now, if everybody is selling a red product, if everybody's selling a blue product, then blue is not going to stand out, right? But if you've got some way of either adding in or emphasizing a red, blue, uh, red or blue, those tend to catch the eye uh, more than more than others. Motion, of course, is another one. Like say a sponsor brand video ad, which Joe can get into a lot more detail. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the sponsor brand video ad, of course, uh, has motion. As long as you've got motion in there and and it starts right away, that also catches the attention. But it's usually down farther down the page, right? So if somebody's just scrolling mobile phone, desktop, whatever the case is, um, make sure you've got something like either a color pop, you know, something that is different, and that's the key is it's different than what all your competitors are doing or most of your competitors are doing. There's a number of tactics that we can do, uh, you know, that, that we can do the opposite or do something different than what shopper, than what your competitors are doing with our main image just to get that first attention, you know, that challenge number two, get that attention of the shopper. That can be a bright red, bright blue, you know, some kind of a bright color that is different than what most competitors do. It could be uh, we don't have motion in the main image yet, maybe someday in the future. Uh, sure. Certainly a uh, human face um, always catches the attention of shoppers. Sometimes that you can get away with that, but that typically is against terms of service. Uh, we find that simply just being different. If you are in a, uh, in a product niche, in a category where all your competitors have a main product and then they've got you know, a dozen different accessories. They're trying to like show all the value right up front um, and say, hey, here's everything you get in the main image. Uh, try considering doing the opposite. If everybody's stuffing a whole bunch of items into the main image, do the opposite. Show the main item. Show it big. Sure. Show the main item. Show it close up. If everybody has their product facing to the left, face yours to the right. You know, these are different kinds of things that... Um, you know, you can you can play with. And of course, Amazon Experiments gives you the ability to do some A-B testing to kind of prove this out in your case. If you've got a product that has enough sessions in order to qualify for Amazon Experiments or their A-B testing, you can do that on the main image and see which ones actually convert. One of the things I actually do when I'm when I'm coaching or with my clients, with my own team, is we'll do, um, you know, successive uh, A-B split testing using Amazon Experiments, you know, image one, image two, or title one, title two, or content one, content two. Um, and we're constantly, we run that for maybe four to six weeks. And then we say, okay, did we actually get a measurable increase or decrease, measurable increase in the sure. conversion rate and the session engagements? Um, and then we build on that. So that's kind of the, the philosophy of A-B split testing is you, you have two different approaches. You do uh, true A-B split testing, which uh, they call it round robin split testing is basically um, alternating between two different images. If you're using an external split testing service, they, they typically can't do that uh, in real time like Amazon Experiments can. They typically do it week one and then week two or day one and then day two. Uh, and so they try to mimic that, but Amazon will actually, like every other one will show uh, the different image or the different title. Yeah. So That's a great way. Brian, Go ahead. When you're going through the different like images and, you know, if we're trying to stand out and be different, um, being different can be scary. 
because <laughs> you know you can see what's working in the space but now i want to go against the grain yeah. um so maybe walk through amazon experiments a little bit more too and when you're structuring these a b tests like are you just focusing on the image itself like you're saying or are you including other changes also because you know by right. just focusing on one item it limits how much we can change at a time um but it also really helps us isolate what truly caused the change. Um, so maybe walk us through how you set up these split tests. When you look at a product detail page, what do you focus on first? And are you changing multiple things at once or just one thing at a time? Like, kind of what's the structure that you take when you're sure. optimizing these listings? Yeah, I was a uh, statistics uh, geek back in uh, school and back in college along with physics and some of these other you know things that people don't even know about me. but. Uh, I had enough statistics to know exactly where you're going with this is um, you add in too many factors and you don't actually know what caused the change, what actually yeah. caused the, the the benefit or the the uh, the problem <laughs> as it may be. So with an image, usually I'm making a pretty bold change on the image, but it's still a picture of your product. Um, and you could do you could you know do uh, successive, uh, image split testing because essentially what you're doing with an AB split test is you're comparing okay here's image A against image B and which one either you know gets more clicks gets more sessions gets a higher conversion rate uh, generally I'm running a, a pretty limited experiment in other words with Amazon experiments for instance you can do AB split testing with an Im the main image you can do AB split testing with title and you can do AB split testing with A plus content Frankly, the A plus content, only about 20% of your shoppers are actually going to take the time to read it. So don't make that your, your priority. <laughs> Focus on your image, your main image and your title, uh, because ultimately you want to, because uh, this ties into some of the things that, that I'll talk about as far as this next in the sequence here, as far as you know, bringing in that shopper. But the main image, I use it primarily, like how do I grab the attention of the shopper's eyeball? away from the competitors. And so I'm willing to kind of go bold on my A-B split testing when it comes to the main image, because I want people to absolutely notice it. It's gonna be obvious that it stands out. Sure. Use common sense. You know, obviously you, you, you wanna stay within um, terms of service. You don't wanna be completely obnoxious with a title or an, or an image, but at yep. the same time, try to be as bold as you're comfortable with in differentiating your main image from competitor main image. Sure. That's going to allow it so that they don't simply just skip over your listing when you're when you're when they're scanning down the, what the options are, what basically the different products are in the search results. They'll actually stop for a second, take a second glance at your image, and that gives them obviously a first chance to read your title, which you may have not have had before. So the split testing on the main image, I'm willing to go fairly bold, but then that experiment typically runs for at least four weeks. And so I've got enough data to make it so that it's, it's statistically significant. Sometimes I have trouble rolling that one off the tongue. Um, so that you can, you can kind of measure. Now, the kind of the question usually comes out, it's like, well, what happens if I only increased by, you know, a half a percent? Well, it's still a gain, but you could probably have a more bold test or, or a different image test. You know, you go instead of A, a image against B image, now you'd maybe do a image against C image, the original image against a, a different variation. And you could do AD, AE, AF, you know, so you're basically just trying out different images in your split testing. You're doing it throughout the year. 
ultimately what you're going to find is that you're going to stumble across often by accident you're going to stumble across where uh, one image outperforms previous image the original image or a previous one you've tested and that's something that's an incremental approval i did one uh, that we just wrapped up uh, earlier this week in fact where we had it was about a two and a half to three percent increase in conversion rate that's enough for me to say okay B is the new main image. Now I'm going to come up with C and start testing B against C. But in the meantime, I just increased the conversion rate by two and a half percent, let's say. That's enough of an incremental change for it to be worthwhile and to continue testing. Because you figure that's going to have a cumulative effect in that you do that, you know, five, 10 more times where you make a gain. How much have you increased over the next year as far as mm -hmm. conversion rate? It can be a phenomenal yep. result. That's just on the main image. Title, title. I'm a bit, I'm a bit more subtle. I, I will probably do a little bit of reorg. My first title A/B split test will typically be more aggressive um, because I'm usually making a major change. And then as I, I, I then it's when when the uh, when I start getting diminishing returns, when I start having uh, an A/B split test, it's like, well, I only made a 0.2 percent increase. Well, okay. What I need to start doing at that point is I need to make start making more subtle changes. The true way to do an A-B split test um, is to make one small change. You know, like it, on your main image, you are uh, you've got a, you're selling a shoe and you had the shoes you know, the shoelaces tied. Now you have them loose. That would be one change. You don't change the angle. You don't change colors. Nothing else. It's just one small change. It's very subtle it's almost subconscious the shopper that would be the the correct way of doing it but most of us don't have that kind of patience or time to actually do it so you can you can be a sure. little bit more aggressive certainly with the main image with the title maybe changing two or three words in the first half of the title i usually try to focus my changes on the first 75 characters because that's what's going to show up by default in a mobile app right in, a, in a, the mobile amazon search sure. but just changing it completely every single time would not be probably would not be constructive you might you know you might stumble across something by accident but you're not really going to know what contributed to that and that's kind of where where you were kind of leading joe is if you make too many changes to an image to a title to bullet points to uh, a plus content you're not going to really know what specifically made that incremental change you're only kind of speculating at that point now you can go back sure. and start tearing that apart a little bit and start split testing some of the content, some of the images and everything based off of what you learned. But what you're hoping for the first time is, oh, I increased the, you know, conversion rate or session uh, engagement by you know, two, 3%. Uh, that's movement, that's positive movement. You can, you can kind of bank on and continue to move forward from there. That's awesome, that's awesome. And by the way, I, I get really excited to hear statistical significance. I'm, I'm a chemical engineer by background, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a nerd. And so I, I was happy to hear that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so um, for, for product title itself. So if you're looking to revamp that, how much are you taking into account organic rankings versus trying to get it to speak to that ideal customer that you frame up? Because there's, there's different links you can go to where I can try to hit multiple different organic rankings. And, you know, way back in the day, everybody would keyword stuff their titles like crazy. Yeah. Um, so how do you balance the two or what do you really take into account when you're looking at revamping these titles? 
there there's this is kind of where the 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 speculation and the philosophies start you know getting more diverse right sure so you can certainly go in and um this is where it kind of comes back to like how are you differentiating your product from your competitors because ultimately what you want is even if you sell the exact same product as a dozen of your competitors came from the very same manufacturer same color same mold everything right Nothing is different except yours is ten dollars more expensive. That's just kind of like the rule. That that's kind of the Murphy's law of of Amazon is you've got the same product, but yours is ten dollars more expensive. Um, don't adjust the price. First of all, you're going to want to increase the price as your conversion rate increases. But uh, one of the things that you can do certainly on the the title, I like to try to speak more to the shopper and actually try to come up with uh, a two word phrase, very short, very succinct that speaks to a key benefit of this product to the shopper, the what's in it for me, uh, to the shopper that maybe the competition hasn't pointed out, okay? Most competition are using a standard format of saying, okay, I've got my, my five word, you know, four or five word keyword phrase stuffed into the title. I've got my brand name up here. Depending on what category you're in, there may be more restri restrictions from Amazon as far as the sequence, as far as your brand name. So I usually try in that first 75 characters to make sure that I have both a, a relevant search term that is commonly used that maybe I want to rank for, uh, but also uh, maybe a two or a three word benefit statement that speaks to what am I going to get out of having this product? And ideally it's using terminology, it's using words that my competition doesn't. Because again, kind of like the way that we caught the attention of uh, the shopper with the main image being different from everybody else, we want the title to do the same thing. It continues to beg the curiosity and make us stand out. And it begs the curiosity enough so they're going to want to learn more. It's like, okay, what else is different about this product? There's something different. I haven't quite learned what that is. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go into the listing. That's your first, you know, that's your, your first battle is getting listed. Second battle is getting, uh, catching the shopper's eye. The third battle is getting them onto your listing. And then don't screw it up from there. <laughs> I can go into sure. more as far as the actual product detail goes. Um, but your biggest challenge is just getting a share, the click share, if you will, if you're, if you're a brand analytics geek like I am also, um, uh, getting that click share of that target audience to your listing and actually increasing that by properly differentiating your product image and title from competitors and really standing out from the crowd. Sure. Sure. Yep. And when you're talking about picture and title, you're hitting on all the key pieces that people see both with advertising yep. and in the search results. I mean, those are the major items other than price and reviews and reviews. We can't control as much other than having a great product, developing those long-term relationships and everything. Yep. Um, so just to kind of summarize your process. So first it's really taking a step back and looking at really how am I differentiating myself? What customer am I really trying to speak to? Yeah. Um, this and is, then, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's usually the hardest one is sure. who, who is my actual, who's my target audience? Who's my actual customer? Um, it's, it's a lot easier for us to be lazy and just say, well, I'm going to copy a template. I'm going to copy the successful sellers that are out there and, and how they're doing things and just kind of ride their wave. Um, but the brand that sticks around the longest, that becomes a more solid player, that actually we try to get clients to become basically dominant in their product niche, what we call category kings, 
Um, but that's kind of a hard thing to do for most brands, for most sellers, because it requires a lot more work. But think about that too, is that if it's so hard, then, you know, obviously it was, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So if it's harder, then chances are your competition is not going to do it and you're going to have a competitive advantage simply by going in and really understanding what, why do shoppers buy your product? Did you go in and read the 15,000 reviews that you have and your competitors have of the products or have a VA or use some kind of a tool, you know, review uh, uh, scraping tool uh, that allows you to really understand the sentiment and uh, the positive and negative um, opinions that shoppers have about your product and really taking the time to emphasize what it is it about your product that stands out. One of the, the tricks that I do that I teach um, to, to my coaching students is you've got some homework. Go out and talk to your manufacturer. Ask them two questions. In the manufacturing process of the product you create for me, what is the most time-consuming step in the manufacturing process? What is the most expensive step in the manufacturing process? Not the, not the product packaging, not the shipping and logistics, that kind of stuff. Just in manufacturing, the creation of that product, what's the most time-consuming? What's the most expensive? What you'll usually find is they'll tell you something that's like, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even realize that it actually, that, that this, my whole cost is something cost more here. You can translate that, and your, your competitors probably don't know that either. It could be that um, it took them, it takes them an extra four hours to mix the, the color dyes for the kind of color that you went after. Otherwise, it looks, you know, it looks like crap, right? You know, otherwise, it looks bad on, on your product. You can then translate that into some of the things, some of the statements you make in your product listing, uh, whether it's in your title, your images, or you know, it could be just in your content that says, you know, we were taking extra care in the, the molding and the coloring of the, of the plastic to, for longer endurance and for color fast and so it doesn't fade. Um, we do that, you know, we, we take this extra care for you. Again, it could be the exact same process that all your competitors are using, but your competitors aren't pointed out. Your competitors aren't pointing out to the shopper. The shopper is going to see that as you're doing something different. I'm willing to spend an extra $10 on your product because obviously you take better care of me before I even have it. Sure. Sure. No, that makes sense. So, so for the sellers who have gone through that process, um, they've split tested their pictures. They've updated their titles. They're increasing conversion rate. After those steps are done, what's some other focus areas to take into account too? Well, it's usually, so those first two, the image and the title, yeah. are actually not likely going to increase the conversion rate. You still have to do that on your product list. What that did was it probably increased the number of sessions, the number of eyeballs, the number of people who actually got to your product listing in the first place. Which, you know, I mean, You've probably looked at uh, accounts and business reports just like I do. And, and one of the first things I look at is, okay, you've got 10, 20 products. You've got your hero product that you're so passionate about. It sells the most. And, but what you find out is like, okay, that product that sells the most has 10% conversion rate. And you've got other products here that have, have hardly any sessions compared and they have a 40% conversion rate. It's like, what are you doing? Sure. Like, how come you're not sure. spending more time on the ones that was like, well, that's not the one that sells. It would if people saw it, <laughs> you know, 
So, you know, so part of that is just getting people to your listing in the first place, which is that whole product, you know, standing out from the competition, begging that curiosity that brings them in, not like in a clickbait way, um, but in a way that begs the curiosity of, you know, a benefit statement or some kind of feature that nobody else points out uh, just to be different. You know, basically don't just copy what everybody else is doing. Gets me to stop scrolling and actually click in. Yeah, exactly. Which is what you need to get more information about the product itself. Right. You know, it's the same kind of thing, you know, for people who are, uh, thank God I haven't had to do this for a long time. Um, and that is to have a resume submitted into a company that goes through some HR, uh, you know, recruiter filter that has a whole pile of these resumes and they're just throwing them out right and left. And you've got to do something in the first five seconds. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I teach a five second rule is once you get in, you know, the, the, the five second rule applies whether or not you've got a resume that you're sending into it for a job interview. Uh, if you didn't catch their attention and beg their curiosity in the first five seconds, you've lost. You went on the on the junk pile. That's the same thing on e-commerce, on Amazon, is if you don't catch their attention in the first place, and then once they get in there and actually look at your resume, or also your product detail page, right? What are you doing with the, the other images with your first three bullet points? That's what shows up by default on a mobile uh, app. Your first three bullet points each one of those should not be like, oh, you know, or it's made in USA, it's you know, guaranteed life, it's like we're an awesome company, don't care. What's in it for me? First bullet point, what's the benefit to me? What's in it for me? Second bullet point, what's in it for me? Third bullet point, what's in it for me? Each one different, but each one I can really quickly scan and understand, which means it needs to be succinct, right? Not this big, long paragraph. It needs to be succinct enough that I can read it and understand it in under five seconds. If I can't do that, I'm just not going to read because otherwise it's just like, you're going to make me work. No, I don't think so. I'm going to go sure. look at images. Same thing with each image, successive image that you have is that if you don't communicate whatever you're trying to get across in that image, whether it's a feature or a benefit or any kind of information, if they can't consume everything that's on that image within five seconds, you've got too much in that image. Yeah. And, and I see that a lot. You know, it's like, oh, we've got 15 different features and it's all on this one image. And people just like, they just throw it in the pile, you know, in the garbage pile. So they're not going to want, they're going to move on. Yep. Anytime you slow them down, anytime you introduce doubt or confusion in your product listing, by having conflicting information, by not providing the, the obvious, you know, uh, you know, the answer to an obvious question, um, by making them work in order to understand what it is that's in it for them if they buy your product, uh, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose them to somebody else who is more succinct, more uh, focused in on what does the customer actually want from this product? Not sure. how awesome am I am a brand, as a brand or what specifications do I have in this product? You can bury all that down in the A plus content or subsequent feature, you know, uh, feature bullets. Don't do it right up front. You've got uh, just a few seconds to keep them on your page. Don't waste that time. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is for the bullets, don't have a paragraph for each bullet. I, I see this all the time too. And it's like, man, I'm never going to read that. <laughs> no, and it's, it's a classic thing of, um, you know, for those who have been in the, in the Google um, marketing space for, for decades, um, is the terminology as far as banner blanks. You know, basically where you see something on the screen and you see it so often, like 99% of the, the listings on Amazon, 
where they basically use a, use the same template taught by the same you know coaches for for years, and now everybody basically looks the same. And what happens is that basically forces the audience to no longer pay attention to that. You know, before it's like, oh, I'm going to tell tell you a story, and I'm going to bring you in, and you know, sell you the sizzle and all that kind of stuff. And it's like people are like when it's like, I'm not going to read. Yep, <laughs> I'm going to look at your images. I'm going to I'm going to watch your video. You've got three videos you can put in there. And they, they better be in sequence and certain length and have certain things in those videos. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose them there. Um, don't make them work to understand what's in it for them. <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love this overview that you went through. And I mean, just to reiterate how critical this is, like we could have the best ad strategy in the world. We could have the best product in the world. But yep. if we can't get people to click on it, and then we can't get them to purchase it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And right. so it all comes back to the product listing. How do you have it optimized? How do you really differentiate yourself? How do you really show that your product is different from the competition and people should pay attention and then click that buy it now button? It all depends on that. So relevancy increases. Cost per click will go down because you're more relevant for these keywords. Your ACoS will go down. You can increase your bids, get more volume. My organic rank's gonna go up now. My organic rank goes up, I get more profits. That increases what I can invest in advertising and it just, again, just spins the flywheel and yep. it really all comes back to conversion rate and then what's all the fun stuff you can do now that you've got that conversion rate maximized. So Absolutely. Well uh, this has all been awesome, awesome information. So for anybody who wants to learn more about your process, uh, dig more into the details on how to optimize their listings, what were some good spots for them to go, Brian? Um, I am all over the place. Um, you know, most, uh, most people have been following me through, through the Facebook group, through the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group. It's been around for a long time. Uh, that's a good place. Uh, certainly uh, my ad agency, Canopy Management, um, is, is great for, you know, established brands who really want to scale up, of course. Um, yeah, I've got a few others, but I think those, those two are probably the first couple. Um, if you happen to be on clubhouse, you know, watch out for me there too. So. Sounds good. Yep. And Brian's Facebook group is awesome. Ton of great information and people always post in there. So definitely check that out if you haven't. And well, Brian, overall, definitely want to thank you for being a guest on the podcast. This was a lot of awesome information. My pleasure. I look forward to the next one.